0: To the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. A reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360 Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. And please rate and review our show. I'm your host, Wayne Lou. And I am joined by this wonderful Monday in Toronto by producer and co host, Alex Wong. Alex, what's going on, man? Two L's on the weekend?
1: Yeah, two L's. Two, uh, two really annoying L's to me. Yeah. Just because, you know, I feel like the Raptors played really good for stretches in both games. Like the Brooklyn game, I felt like was right there. Yep. Pascal had, I mean, first of all,
2: do, Pascal. You, think,
1: do you think that was Pascal's, forget about context because you bring up NBA finals, game one, you can bring up game six as well, but just a single game performance, that's got to be Pascal's best performance ever. You know, it's it's funny because it,
0: it feels, it doesn't feel dissimilar from like what he did like a couple years ago. 30-point triple-double against Milwaukee. Remember, he had the triple-double, and they took away two rebounds from him at, at randomly, right? He's kind of done this before, um, but I think just seeing the three games here and how many assists he's averaging, what Kyrie said, which it is funny, you know? Everyone's, like, making Kyrie jokes, and then Kyrie's like, hey, I think one of the Raptors is really good. And everyone's like, wow, let's listen to Kyrie. Um, well, it's nice for Kyrie to be, uh, you know, right about something for once. Yeah, you're right, actually. So congrats uh, to him for that. No, but seriously, though, He um, his comment about pascal sort of just flirting with triple doubles like that's kind of how it feels right because he is just at a level where he's able to control the game and so i mean the only player that i'm actually there's two players i'm not annoyed at whatsoever this season like i have never felt even a slight tinge of annoyance probably pascal and fred it's pascal and fred everyone else i like a little bit you know scotty like for the most part not really right scotty just starts slow but finishes
1: strong yeah that's the kind of player i like okay we'll get to that yeah fine
0: um OG and Gary, at certain times, I've been fairly annoyed. Precious, outside of the uh, second half of game six, or
1: not game six, game three, fairly annoyed. Yeah, yeah, we'll put it, we're putting that most improved player talk in storage for a little bit. Yeah. I'll put that um, in storage next to, uh, next to my speed hat. This is, so. this is why you got to
0: watch one game. This is, this is your rule about season <laughs> my, previews. My theory is correct. You got to watch one game before you come out with these season previews.
1: And I think it's okay, too, to, you know, take away, have these takeaways after, like, three games in the season, right? Because... Listen, like, I, I still think there's a really good Raptors team here. But, like, just watching them this week or last week, like, it made me remember just how much they still have to, like, grow and stuff. right? Yeah. Like, there's still a development period for this team. And I think the most interesting thing maybe at the start of the season is the role definition.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think it speaks to them being young. It speaks to also them trying to adjust because one of the, the questions is from us on the outside looking at the team is, like, the top nine of the rotation is the same. You bring in Otto Porter, but it's like essentially you brought back the same roster you had last year. So how is he going to be different? Well, they're actually playing quite differently, and so they're actually shifting some of the roles around. Uh, we're going to talk more w- about that with Alvin Williams on the second half of the program. about oh, yeah. Fred. from one point guard to another. That's right, you know, <laughs> from one generation of point guard to another. But seriously, though, I think he'd be a great person to ask about this. But they've, they've asked Fred to sort of change his role from, you know, being a, a – like a main pro, uh, playmaker, uh, your 1B score to sort of being your clear-cut uh, number one assist um, and setup guy, and then also sort of filling in sort of wherever he needs. Um, but, you know, there are some other roles to sort of figure out. And also, it's just like you look at the team, and they still make lots of, like, young mistakes, you know? Like, I, I thought, like, for example, against uh, Brooklyn, I, I'm sorry, but Nick Claxton is is a decent player in, in the league. He's an emerging player in the league. He's had good games before. That might be close to the best game he's ever played uh, as a pro. But also at the same time, one of Christian Coloco, a veteran team with, with, a, with a decently seasoned big, would have kept the lid on him. Right, We have to understand that Nick Clarkson is not some sort of spectacular big. And for him, to, I thought it wasn't even KD and Kyrie who killed the Raptors. I mean, they did ultimately. They made tons of big shots. You look at the bottom of the, of the of the of the box score after the game on Saturday or on Friday, it was like Kyrie and KD actually had less production than Pascal and Fred. Pascal and Fred were combined 70% shooting from the field, gave you like 21 assists, and scored 55 points for you. Kyrie and KD had 57 points, but fewer assists, fewer rebounds, and shot the ball worse than your top two guys. The reason the Raptors lose that game is because their young base in both Precious and in uh, Christian Coloco were unable to sort of contain – of their supporting guys right and so and then the miami game i don't know i mean watching that game so many defensive breakdowns um pascal being in early foul trouble also he just wasn't playing great defense on that one but nobody was playing great defense in the first half
1: 71 points allowed i didn't think they played great defense in brooklyn either they were playing really loose yeah like i felt like it was like an up and down game and i don't know if that's the type of game that they want to be playing because when it comes down to it you know you talk about the stats for fred and pascal but, like, I mean, it was Kyrie and KD who made all the big shots, right, at the end. It was the shot-making. And, of course, Royce O'Neal with the shot at the end. I just didn't—yeah, like, I just expect them to be more serious as a defensive team early on.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm not getting that vibe. That's where the continuities me. should have come in, right? Like, defensive continuity. Like, I was looking at the numbers. And, again, this is after three games. Um, so, you know, obviously you got to give more time for the numbers to sort of um, show, like, actually more telling trends rather than just, like, what has happened through three games. But objectively, what has happened through three games is the Raptors have allowed 70% shooting at the rim. That's really high. Damn, 70%. And when you watch the game, a lot of missed at the basket. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys in foul trouble. And, you know, there, there are some things that they need to clean up, right? And I think that expectations are really high coming out the gate. They're playing some really tough games. And honestly, they've been very competitive in all three games. So you got to give them credit there. But um, I think a more mature version of the Raptors would be here 2-1, and one, maybe even 3-0. and oh.
1: Yeah, well, I think a lot of things are the same, like you mentioned. Um, You know, talk about, like, the young mistakes. You talk about even, you know, individual players like Scotty, who obviously left the game on Saturday with an injury, and he's questionable tonight. That's a good time, by the way. Yes, so he's a game-time decision. Chris Boucher is confirmed going to make his season debut tonight. Yeah. Uh, Otto Porter remains out. Um, You know, watching the Raptors bench, you know, outside of Precious, um, you know, his breakout performance in Miami, And a couple of uh, sanity moments. Uh, Man, Otto Porter, is Otto Porter that important to the Raptors this season, man? Because I feel like we need a couple more guys off the bench. And I'm really curious to see, like, once Porter comes back and obviously Boucher tonight, like, how much of a difference that actually makes.
0: Well, I I think one of the things with the bench is, like, you need guys who can complement the main guys. Because you're not actually getting like a wholesale hockey-style lineup change, right? Like the, the, the bench itself doesn't have to play as a unit. At most, you have three bench guys out there at once. Now, some of the three bench guy combinations have not been good in terms of the stats. But also, when I tell you the names are like, it's Delano, Precious, and, and Coloco, you're like, okay, yeah, probably those three guys wouldn't play too well together this early in the season, especially this early in their careers as well. Um, I think you bring back Chris. Chris is a guy we know who can produce around the starters. He's got good chemistry with Scotty, for example, right? Scotty always finds them in transition. He knows how to crash the glass. He's he's obviously spacing the floor when he needs to be, um, you know, blocking shots. Like, Chris is a guy who's been in the program, and he knows how to sort of play around the main guys. Thad is another guy who I think can play around the main guys, but they haven't played Thad uh, much at all, right? I thought in the Miami game second half, he played a lot more, and I thought he was better, Um but in, in those up-and-down type of games, that is not the guy you want out there, right? Um, but I kind of expect that to have a bigger impact. Um, and then, yeah, the other thing is you just need Precious to be consistent. And I think for me, it's just like as a second-year player, there's a lot of expectation. Or a third-year player, there's a lot of expectation. Second year in the Raptors program, you had a great second half of the season. And there's been a lot of talk. remember even in offseason, someone asked Nick, like, who are you most excited for taking a jump? And he said Precious. And I, we know he's a hard worker. However, when you see him in the game, the lows can't be as low as they are sometimes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, like Nick can't just say first game of the first half of the season. He says, yeah, I'm only going to play you five minutes because uh, I don't know what you're doing out there. And I'd, I'd, I'd actually play Christian more minutes than, than him, right? So for him to settle in, for him to even not necessarily have great games every single game, but to not have outright bad games. These are the things that I think as a young team, they got to really figure out. It's like, yes, you can struggle, but like, even Fred didn't shoot the ball great against Miami. When you look at the game, he's had like 10 assists. His defense was really strong. He made a whole bunch of plays. And it's like, okay, there's no really such thing as a bad game for these guys. Whereas I think for the younger guys, you know, they need to have a higher floor. Even with talking about OG and Gary, like, I thought, you know, there are times this season where it's like they just play a little bit better. You probably are here two and one or three and no. But, you know, um, it's also just been one week.
1: Any other uh, overreactions to after one week? Yeah, overreactions uh, for FM Vleet on his way to leading the league in minutes again. Uh, mm. 38.3 uh, through three games. Okay. But it does feel like, and I know you're going talk to talk to generational point guard Alvin Williams in the second segment about yep. this. So we can save it for that. But but it does feel like the, the the burden and the workload like we've been talking about, it doesn't feel the same, right? Like it doesn't feel the same because of the role. So I don't think I'm super concerned about that. Shouts to him by the way, picking up his fifth foul at like the start of the third quarter against Miami. Yeah. And just basically navigating through that whole second half mm-hmm. without fouling out. And uh per my boy Jay Lou from from the other sports network. Mm. You know Fred's never fouled out. Yes, I in did. In three hundred and fifty one games.
0: Yeah, actually. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's had a couple of five foul games, but he's actually never fouled out. I think with Fred, it's um Fred VanVleet is rice. <laughs> He's actually okay. right. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, first off, he is right. We still got to get to the bottom of that. You
0: know? uh, yeah. Well, you know what? Some guys really know how to play and still be aggressive, even with five fouls. Um, they know how to defend, even when in foul trouble. And I think that that's actually a big difference between a guy like Fred and a guy like Pascal or even Scotty. Those guys don't really know how to defend with those sort of, um, you know, by, without reaching. Essentially, Pascal reaches a lot. That's I think actually a lot of the fouls we go back and look at. He's averaging probably close to like five fouls a game so far this season. I would wager to say like 10 of those are reaching fouls, you know, and, and Scotty, it's, it's a bit positioning as well. He's a second year player. I think by the way, Scotty's defense has been a lot stronger this season. His on-ball defense, he's, he's containing the dribble a lot more. I thought um, just even watching the game back in the fourth quarter against Brooklyn, uh, Kyrie was giving it to Fred. Kyrie was giving it to Gary. But when they put Scotty on him, Kyrie actually had a couple possessions where he really didn't, have the ability to, to to shift and get a shot off, which is so rare to say about Kyrie because he's actually so skilled on that front. But I thought Scotty did a, bit, a better job um, than almost anybody else on the team guarding Kyrie down the stretch. Says a lot about his improvement on defense, at least so far early this season. But uh, yeah, some of these guys don't really know how to play without fouls, right? Uh, without fouling. Whereas with Fred, he just, he's so good at positioning. He's absorbing so much contact into the chest. He still like up, like swipes a lot. But he swipes when it's there. And he doesn't swipe in the way that Gary does, for example. Like, I thought Gary, for example... I mean, look, I'm not trying to single guys out. A lot of guys played poor defensively in the first half against Miami when they gave up 71 points. But there are plays transition-wise where, like, there's first end of the first quarter, Gary uh, drives into the lane, gets stripped, which is rare. So he's behind on the play. The heat go up with numbers. Gary's slow to get back for no reason. It's not like he fell over anything. He's just jogging back slowly. And then... Duncan Robinson was a trailer, which was Gary's man. He's open at the top, and Gary, because he didn't hustle back, decides to gamble and jump from behind as if he was going to block Duncan's three or something. Duncan sees this pump fakes, waits for Gary to land, which was around the free throw line, and then, you know, try to come back and close out. But at that point, you're already done, right? Like some, some of those things is just like defensively, you got to be a little more solid. You
1: can't just gamble.
0: Whereas Fred takes the right gambles. But, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of things that people on the team can learn from Fred.
1: Yeah. You know, an, another player I think getting a lot of attention right now is um, OG Ananobi. Uh, Shouts to Emma J. Brown. Um, so, what have you I'm seen? I'm sorry, Emma. What have you I'm seen? I'm sorry for putting together a compilation. What have you seen from OG Ananobi through, through the first? OG Ananobi. <laughs> what have you That's seen? That's how he drives. No, I'm kidding. What have you seen from OG uh, through the first three games of the season, William? Okay, so catch and shoot threes, fantastic. Yeah. Um, I looked
0: up this again, this is through three games. So this all the stats are telling you is what has happened, not necessarily what will continue to happen. However, when you nah, break it going down in terms as mentions. Of, when you go when you break it down between when OG takes a shot with zero dribbles versus one or more dribbles, like a single dribble, right? Zero dribbles, OG and OB, his effective field goal percentage is 72%. Effective field goal percentage is just giving you an extra point for threes, okay? Um, So it's 72% when he doesn't dribble. That is like, that's basically like a dunk for most guys, okay? Very, very good, and most of that is because he's catching and shooting and finishing for threes. When he takes one single dribble, two dribbles, three dribbles, or four plus, his effective field goal percentage drops to 25.
1: Oh, man. That's a dip. That's a third of what it is when he
0: doesn't dribble. Now, of course... You know, obviously, you're going to shoot our percentage on catch and shoot threes. He's been very open on a lot of these threes, too. Good ball movement around by the starting lineup, I think. Uh, you know, but when he has put it on the floor, it does not look good. And what I'm looking at just drives alone this season, he's driven the ball 23 times in three games, right? That's about eight per game. That's a little bit higher than what he's done in the past. On the 23 times he's driven this year, he has taken a shot 11 times. He has passed out of it eight times, and he's turned it over three times. Um, on the eleven shots, he's two of eleven on the drives, and on the passes, he has recorded one assist and three turnovers. So, um, that is not good at all. And of course, I think when you look at the film of those drives, a lot of those are like he does get two feet in the paint, he just doesn't really explode up and, and uh, you know get the shot off. It's a lot of those are short. You know, on on the, on the rim, um, but a lot of those are also he falls over or, or the, he's he's out of control or he only has one option in mind and, and tries to force the action and doesn't get it off or he's not reading where the help defender is. Like, I'm sorry, but you can't be blocked by Max Struz twice in one game. When you're six foot eight, with a seven two wingspan, and with lots of athleticism and strength, you cannot be blocked by Max Struz twice in one game. Right. So those are things where they got to look at the film. They gotta
1: help you got to do better, fam.
0: No, he, he, he does on these drives because if the goal is we're going to give him the opportunity to be more of a creator and we're going to take Fred's uh, output down and sort of shift him more in a playmaking role, who is going to be making those plays? If OG's going to be making those plays, you got to do better than this. Two of 11 from the field, one, of th- one assist, three turnovers. And that's not to say it's going to stay like this, but it's got to improve. And it's not just got to improve to where it was last season because last season on drives, when he shot out of drives, 35%. You're not trying to see a lot of 35% shots either. What you're trying to see is 45, 50. You're trying to see the assists at least be three times, maybe two. Let's just start with two times as many as turnovers, right? Let's let's get to that point and And, um, you know, let's, let's work on the film. Let's sort of work on the recognition. Let's work on the spacing around him. We're going to cutting around him because we know he can be a nice passer from the post. We've seen him do it before. Uh, we know he's able to get deeper into the paint than a lot of other guys. So that's a good sign. You've already done your job at that point, make the right pass or either um do that or get to the right shot where you can sort of get to an efficient shot. But um yeah, so far it's uh I don't know. I just need to see more, you know, and that's why I put the compilation together because I really wanted to hear what everyone's thoughts were in terms of just like where is it going wrong? Is it just shots missing? Is it he's missing a specific read? And I got a lot of feedback on that. Some of it was negative in terms of like why are we putting this together? And I'm just like, that's part of the job of being a journalist.
1: I don't know what to say. That's what he's getting paid to do. No, I, I think um, I think everything you said passes the uh, you know the Alex Wong eye test. And you know I, I think when I think when when you're playing these close games too, and like every possession kind of matters in these back and forth games. Um, you know those turnovers and those those possessions that you. You're giving up on the offensive end is just going to stand out more, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think I'm with you too. You know, listen, it's three games, and I think early in the season it's easy when people have a, a three-game stretch like this to to be able to point it out because that's, that's that's really the only thing that you've seen so far in the season. We've seen better from OG, but also like I think we've I think we we've known about the areas that he needs to improve on on the offensive end for like the past couple of seasons, right? So so hopefully. Hopefully, like like during this season um, and over the next stretch, he's able to to kind of step it up a little. Because, I mean, I know those two losses were really annoying, but I'm honestly not that frustrated. Just because, like, I feel like the the most positive spot coming out of this first week, like we mentioned up top, is like knowing that Pascal can operate at Yo. this next level right now. Mm-hmm. Like, makes me feel really good about this team. There's a lot of things that need to be fixed. <laughs> Like, yo, yo he's going to be screaming that all season, man. But, like, so much more patient on offense yep. from from the Alex Wong eye test. Mm. Um, the playmaking is there. The playmaking is, like, leaps and bounds to me. I think this is what they used to talk about with Giannis, too. Like, how Giannis would just, like, maybe just put his head down, have a very narrow vision mm-hmm. on offense, and then eventually he started evolving into a better playmaker, right? Yeah. And I think Kawhi, too, in a way. Like, I think we saw that in Kawhi when he was here, too, with the playmaking. Not really? Didn't Did Kawhi pass, pass the Willu eye test? Well, no, Kawhi, Kawhi passed, just on, didn't pass, Kawhi passed but, uh, on playing a lot of games. Uh, I didn't want Kawhi yeah, to pass Yeah, those were so. assists, too. He passed on playing three games a week. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> <laughs> I miss that dude, man. Oh, um, you down bad. But. And just like uh, all I have down here with the Alex Wong eye test is like Pascal's just got a deeper bag, man. Mm. Like I feel like I feel like he's just like the mid range jumper is there. Even the spot up threes this season, and when he's like finishing at the low post, and I see that he's getting more. Feel like he's he still f- feels like he should get more foul calls, even like yeah. I feel but like I mean realistically, a, he's already get more than like, he gets such a tough whistle to me. And I know this is usually your bag. But More like, defensively, I think, actually, now.
0: Offensively, I think he's actually getting an okay whistle
1: now. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of contact on him sometimes that people mm-hmm. just let slip away. But okay. maybe I'm just around you and JR too much in the yeah. booth. But, 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 I mean, isn't that uh-huh. the most positive thing for you? Like, I feel really good knowing that Pascal, with all the talk coming into this season about wanting to improve, becoming a top five player, that's still a really high bar. But, man, you look at the stats right now and mm-hmm. you look at the way he's playing. Like, he's, he's right there. Um, three games again it's just three games but still yeah
0: I mean you know it's funny because it's not just three games though you go back to like the end of how Pascal Siakam ended the season last year it's like it's it's kind of a continuation of more of the same but also better Mm. right like I think the stat is that in the last
1: eight games he's got four triple doubles obviously this is going back to last season. once again Kyrie's right about one thing uh apparently. apparently score one for Kyrie. Or no anything? but no it's like don't um, listen to Kari on literally anything else
0: yeah well you know that's stuff but no, uh
1: literally anything else
0: you know with uh with pascal it's just like he's he's doing exactly what you want to see out of that position in terms of that responsibility and the number one option i think that um his patience is the biggest thing to me he's i think that's the the reason why he's drawing more fouls is the reason why he's finding more guys. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of times where he gets the ball, he's not over anxious to score. And that's because he knows he can score. He can get to his spots. Not a lot of guys are stopping him from getting to his spots. Plus, you know?
1: plus I feel like he knows that he can command the double now. Yes. And when he commands that double, the playmaking yeah. is just like on another level. Now. And that's the thing too. It's like you gotta be patient at
0: times. Obviously, you gotta know when to go quick, when to go slow, but especially for him. He, knew, he always knew I wanted to go quick. He's always got the quickness of man. He's got the length. He can pretty much get the shot up a lot of the times. But by sort of taking his time a little bit, reading where the defense is coming from, and then putting his back to the basket, catching the ball just inside the three point line, facing, facing up or sort of backing down, he's just so good at that right now.
2: But elevate the fries to
0: taters. You know, any single time they try to like pass, like they, they try to double team him and force the pass, he's making the right passes. And yeah, the individual scoring is also really good. I think that's the thing too. It's just like even that Miami game where I thought again, mm, second half of a back to back. Apparently, they got in at like four. They got to the hotel at like four a.m.
1: Oh right, from from New York, right? Yeah. Okay.
0: I mean, it's a bit of a long flight. You got to fly all the way, like yeah, no excuses the when you give up seventy
1: one in the first half, though. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fine. Fine, you know, fine. That's fair. Miami played the night before too, although they were home. But still, they were home. They just they just went home. Well, at they like played 11. against Boston, an all time team. Apparently. Okay. Well.
0: Anyway, they have yet to lose. Um, but yeah, no, seriously, Fred is uh, or, or Pascal is just—he's coming into his own as a player. I, no, I can I lo- get I used love to this. seeing this, man. I, I mean, right now the stat line is twenty-eight points, ten rebounds, seven assists, shooting fifty-three percent from the field, getting to the free throw line eight times a game. Um, obviously got to knock down more free throws and continue to cut the turnovers down just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, he's playing great. There, there are no critiques of how basketballs play. No, I think – Defensively, f- I think they could probably do a little bit better. And sure. my question, too, is this. Do you think they should get a center this year at the deadline or prioritize getting a center at the deadline just so that neither one of Fred or Scotty has to play center? Because it feels like if they do have to guard a lot in the low post yeah, or if they're the main helper at the basket, that
1: they do pick up fouls. Yeah, but I'm just, like, not willing to give up, like, actual assets to get, like, a center. I feel like – can you just get a body? You get know what I mean? Just get a body. Okay, but I feel yeah. like I feel like Pirtle's going to cost. Yeah, a first round pick. That's it. Maybe two? You think he'll cost two? I don't know. For one first rounder? I think one first is For enough. one first round. I'd be willing to. I feel like there's going to be a bidding on Pirtle, though. I'm with you, though. Yo, okay. it's honestly...
0: Well, maybe it got to be one of those uh, bidding situations where it's like... Uh, What's
1: Jake Lehman saying, man? He's not a center, oh, okay. also I don't want to <laughs> see Jake Lemon on the team. What are you doing? He's not a center either. Um It's funny because we're having the same conversations as last season. I guess that's why I mean, the, the, the When same. the roster turns over yeah. and you see the same issues when they play, right? Yeah. No, I'm with you. How do we not get to Christian Coloco versus Caleb Martin? <laughs> uh
0: well, we got time for that. Um
1: Yeah, your thoughts? First off, the fight came out of nowhere. A
0: stupid. <laughs> like, you know what? I, straight up, that's it. I think there was tension in the game. <laughs> there once. was tension in
1: the game because what, what, th- what? There's all these little things going on, right? Like Tyler Hero did the too small thing to Precious. That's there's by all these little like people stuff. People getting mad at that. There were former teammates. They came in the same draft yes, class. Precious just gonna, did the same
0: bag. Well, maybe not the same draft class. Maybe one, yeah. one separate. Was there but tension like,
1: before that leading up
0: to? You know what I thought the tension came from? Yeah. That fifth foul called on Fred. First off,
1: terrible
0: foul call in the first place. Because Kyle second was stepping all, in. You reviewed Fred. it, and you saw that Fred made a perfectly normal yeah. legal contest and they, that Kyle they, drifted forward. They got to fix that rule, too, man. Then it didn't change the call. I don't know if that why they, the officials didn't change the call, but they should have. Yeah. You got to put your ego aside and just do that. By the way, those three free throws ultimately came back and were a very important part of the game in a three-point game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also— So I was giving up 71 in That just in put the a lot half. of tensions. Yeah. Then there were a lot of technicals being given out and all that stuff before that. And then you get that random— interaction well i just thought, i don't think there's anything similar between christian and caleb but i think the game itself got more no, up. i just
1: didn't know what caleb martin was doing like i didn't know what caleb martin was doing mm-hmm. like he just decided to escalate I think the situation th- for no reason well i think he
0: th- he thought that
1: christian well, like chopped
0: him on the neck for some reason for no reason it was
1: it was a pure like basketball possession yeah they were just going for the ball yeah, well, and then they got up, and then Caleb Martin has his fist clenched, and he stepped over, and then him, yeah. He, yeah, and then he shoved him into yeah. the seats. Well, that's why he got suspended. And Udonis not- Hasm is like, oh, this is what they brought me back for. <laughs> <laughs> you think he's gonna check in a tonight? Ud, no, give no, him the oh, two actually, minutes, two points, two tech. <laughs> oh man,
0: no, I don't. Come on, man, don't make Ud play against the Christian. Ud triple double. Do, do you think Udonis has is twice as old as Christian Coloco? Oh man, yeah, Ud's forty, right? What's Coloco? He's like forty-two, I think. Yeah. But, but yes, yes let me look up, uh, so you know, Caleb
1: Martin has been suspended tonight along with uh, the not-MVP, Nikola Jovic. Yes, so, we're leaving the bench. Uh, By the way... That's going to make a big difference tonight. 91-90 Nine, sh-
0: Shout out to Nick Nurse. I was, look- I was listening to his post-game interview, mm. and they're asking about the fight, and he's like, yeah, I imagine there'll be more to come from that, you know, because... Uh, Usually you gotta look at the bench scenario, and uh, you know.
1: Oh, so he was he was giving the lead I'm, I'm not saying
0: he was dry snitching, but
1: it, it worked. It, it oh, works. Nick loves to talk to the managers, man. Mm. That's that's mm-hmm. that's the vibe Nick's got on the sidelines. But yeah, so but but Christian Coloco also got fined, fifteen k for for the incident. Uh, for I doing mean, for doing nothing, listen, among not me that outraged about it, but he like he did not do nothing though. He
0: like he, <laughs> he like, did not instigate he, no, the incident. He, he didn't did instigate, but he, didn't he do did
1: anything. No, he did wrap him up. He did like yeah, but that that was more like just like self defense type because Caleb Moore was acting wild. I'm I'm just not surprised that they were both thrown out well, and that he got. I'm flying, just glad now I know. I'm Caleb... happy that Miami got more of a. Yeah, well, I'm glad next time punishment. we play, who he play for? I know Caleb Martin's on the Heat. You should know, so, man. He uh, he so he, he almost ended Scotty last year. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that this guy's the hit man. Anyways, yeah. what a first week for Coloco, man. Neo concert. So yeah, well, <laughs> yeah in the ahead. rotation, gets to uh you know he grew up you know watching KD, where's yep. 35 because of him. Yeah, you know, gets where's to go KD's up against him. Him. Of him. Yeah, and and oh you know that um. And then gets into a fight with Caleb Martin.
0: Yeah, apparently it's the quickest ejection for any rookie to start their career. Oh, like three games in? Yeah, it's like (laughs) either three games in or three minutes or like the amount of minutes (laughs) played or
1: whatever. It just shouldn't have happened. Yeah, well, I I don't know know what's going on.
0: I think it was a net positive because I actually think that Caleb was playing well in that game. And he was playing better than Coloco was. So that was actually a positive for that game. And it's a positive for this game where Caleb is not going to be participating.
1: All right. That's a uh, you know, two point advantage for the Raptors. Yeah, All right, before go. we go to break, just yep. want a quick shout out today to the Miami Heat announced that Amy, Amy Otterberg has joined them as their new radio analyst mm. and TV studio analyst. Well deserved. Glad the news is finally public. Oh well, yeah. yeah no, oh, Congratulations. Yeah. Mr. Why is eSports he over here. Oh, what come you on. You on come, one? One, come on. Come on, man. Uh, no leaks. leaks. But yeah, no. not a single Co- leak though. Yeah. Congratulations, congratulations no, to Amy and you know I've been talking to Amy obviously. Hopefully we'll have her join us at, at some point. Yeah, to to you know do a proper farewell to the Raptors fans and uh, talk a little bit more about Caleb Martin and the Miami Heat. Be cool. Yeah.
0: No, it's great for Amy. Um, she has a she has strong ties. She went to school there.
1: Yes, and. I mean, <laughs> she'll get to be in Miami uh, in January. I mean,
0: Miami in January sounds pretty <laughs> when good, Will too, has
1: so. to come in on his scooter in a snowstorm after doing Casey and the Pistons beat the Raptors, <sighs> oh, one fourteen ninety eight.
0: 98 What, one fourteen ninety eight. <laughs> That's Damn. a lot of points. <laughs> For some reason, the Raptors can't ever score against the Pistons. But anyway, yeah. look, we're going to take a break right here. I'm your host, Will. You've been listening to The Raptors Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Have you checked out BetRivers yet? Download the BetRivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about BetRivers Sportsbook award-winning customer service. It's a whole new game with BetRiver's online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus. Available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connext Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge.
1: The most opinionated Maple Leaf show out there. Real Kipper and born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Welcome back to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Wayne Lu. Continuing to join with producer and co-host, Alex Wong. Uh, we will s- soon be joined by Alvin Wims as well. Producer Derek is working diligently to get Alvin on the line. Um, yeah, Alex, you weren't prepared for this, but uh, we man, can talk I'm more about it. I'm always involved. prepared, man. Yeah. Uh,
1: backup topic. You know Chung Chung? You know the Korean hot dog spot? This is the backup topic? Yeah. They got... They got money like that, though, eh? So they're an in-arena vendor this year. Yeah, yeah. And watching the games on the weekend, they've got the digital ads on the court during the game. I saw that, yeah, against my. You saw that, like, LeBron, or did you no, see no, that? No, I okay, legitimately okay. saw Because every that. time you say that, I have By to clarify. Way, yeah. So there's way more
0: ads on the NBA court now than ever before. Remember when the, the ad, the big ad before was the Raptor logo on, like, the baseline was like that. Oh, that, yes. That, like, Supposed to be like a yes yeah, so illusion,
1: a 3D thing, right? Yeah. yeah,
0: like that was the only one. Now when you watch them play, yeah. it says Google on the court. It Says Google Pixel, reminding me that on my Pixel's two editions out of
1: date now. Yeah, it's, it's got hot dogs on the court. Yeah, it's got Scotia Bank on the court. No, you know, like, like we yeah. always talk about Chung Chung with um, you know one of the producers here, Lance Kennedy. Who, who's a fan, yeah. who's a fan of the Korean hot dogs as well. And I just I just didn't know. I All didn't right. know their bag was deeper than Pascal. There. Apparently. Is that, is that what you needed from me? That's what we needed from you okay. because
0: Alvin Williams, Raptors point guard legend, is on the line. Alvin, how you doing, man?
2: What's up?
1: How are
0: you? We're doing well. We're doing well. Clearly we're doing well because uh, we were talking about hot dogs right before this. So thankfully we got you on the phone. <laughs> um, actually, you know, but before we got on, uh, because I really wanted to talk to you about Fred and his new role this year. They're shifting his uh Role a little bit more from scoring to sort of playmaking and all that stuff, but actually, just because we're on the topic of this, have you ever been in an NBA scrap?
2: No, not never, a single one. Never been, in, not in one man, not not one. It was, it was, yeah, no, never been in one.
0: Okay, is it just like no? Everyone knew not to try you, or is it just like a it just never happened think- kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I think that's it. They knew oh, okay. they knew what was good for him, and I had and you know what I had Charles Oakley next to me. So I had oh. some I had some big dudes. I remember one time Isaiah Thomas, when he was coaching the Pacers, told them next time I went to the lane and do a couple things, and had a couple choice words, they do something to me, and, and Oakley got my back real quick. So mm. it was one of those things, but no, we never really got to anything.
0: I was gonna say that's uh, that's th- those type of players no longer in the game. It's it's unfortunate, you know. The Raptors yeah, don't have yeah, a Charles
2: Oakley anymore, you know on that. They get I mean they got some tough guys as a whole, but you know, Charles Oakley was just somebody different. And the game was different. Yeah. So but yeah, Oak, Oak was a little different. All right.
0: Well my other question on the on the subject was uh who was the Caleb Martin of your era? Uh
2: who's Caleb Martin? I mean I know who he is, but like what are you like as far as what?
0: Just the players who are like you know would kind of get up in your face a little bit for for no reason.
2: <laughs> um Shucks, I don't I you know what I really don't know like you know a lot of players the game was much more physical back then right so a lot of a lot of people had that that approach defensively you had to be physical so it was different I don't I don't I like Caleb Martin a lot I like the (laughs) energy he brings I like I like I like what he does for his team I like what he did last year but um I don't see him as being I see some I mean of course he I do it I that wasn't a good move. What he did to Coloco the other day, standing over top of him. But you know, I, mean, I don't, I don't see much wrong with what he does. But I don't know who's the, the Caleb Martin back in back in my day. It was a long time ago, man. All
0: right, you know, fair enough, fair enough. All right, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about Fred VanVleet, right? Point guard currently for the Raptors. Now, I think last season at the start of the at the start of the year, Pascal was out, uh, and it was like a lot of young guys. Scotty, we didn't know Scotty was going to be like this. He's going to win rookie of the year at that time. So Fred really had to be both the lead scorer and also the lead playmaker. And so much of the game sort of came down to whether or not Fred Van Lee had it that night and what he could do, right? I think the big change to me, and I'm curious your thoughts, is just like he started this year with a clear mandate to be more of a playmaker, letting other guys sort of get their shots the way they want to score, and he's going to fill in sort of wherever he can. Is that the impression you're getting from his you know, changing role from the start of last season to right now.
2: Oh, yeah, it is. It is different. You know, the ball is out of his hands a little bit more. He's 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 a recipient of other people. Whether you know, being, instead of you know, making plays for himself, and then that that happens. You know, the shift is good that he. You don't have many players, you know, coming off an of All Star season and scoring the way he was scoring and doing the things he was doing that that would accept that role. Mm-hmm. You know, they probably want to build off of what they did and become an All Star again and, and continue. But you got to take your hat off to to Fred, and then you got to understand what what the Raptors are trying to do as a team. I think it is important to have Scotty Barnes more involved with the offense, be a more of a ball handler because he can do so many things at his size and. He has a lot of ability, so it's just the shift. Now it's up to Fred to just figure out the balance because he's going to need to score. You know he can score. Now it's the balance, win a score. And I think those fourth quarters and those timely times where you, where you can go for yours and you can break the momentum or you can you know put the game away. There's not many people around that's better than Fred making those big time shots and and putting his team on his back at times. So it's just about him finding a balance and um and seeing what's best for the team.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought that Brooklyn game was a great example of what you were mentioning there. It's like, you know, when the Nets started going on their run in that third quarter and they were trying to make a push and they took the lead and the Raptors started the third quarter slow and Kyrie was going off, Fred kind of took over and he's like, you know what, I know my team's struggling a little bit here. We're not really getting great shots from the other guys. It's time to call my own number. And he was hugely efficient in that game, had 18 points on 7-11 shooting. But I think overall, like, he's playing the same minutes as last year, right? Still 38 minutes a game, still quite a lot, but... Two of the three games here, he's only taken nine shots. Last season, when he played 60 games, 60-plus 60 games, he only had two games all year where he took less than 10 shots. He had a game where he took four shots. He left that game against Indiana. That was the game where the, the roof was on fire. So he left that game. And then there's a Cleveland game, uh, you know, second half of the season when he was banged up. But he only took nine shots. So this is already a big change for him. But I think my question is, like, how do you think the coaching staff and even management itself sold this sort of role change, to Fred, and what do you think it says about his character that he was actually receptive to su- such a big change?
2: I mean, we already know he's a he's a high character guy class act um very intelligent hard worker leader, like all of those qualities in a person that you have you know that's that's just that shows how special he is. I'm not sure what the process was or how they went about explaining a new role or it was just something where you know, it just start happening due to offense and just through how how things start being, you know, just cultivated. Once again, I, I do believe that Scotty, you know, having the ball in his hands, you, you are developing. And, and you talk about, you hear a lot about his usage rate and all that type of stuff. And that they're probably trying to address that. And then when you have a player that can play off the ball like the Fred, and then you have a player that can play on the ball, it, it you can do more things that fred could not shoot or do things you know as a shooter as an offensive player now now it's more of a challenge but since he is so valuable and he can do so many things on and off the ball it's easier to it's easier to have him in that position but it says a lot like i said I don't, i'm not sure how many players are really receptive to having a ball taken out their hand you know more than it was last year and he had such a great season last year but i also think fred got worn down last year mm-hmm. i think you know, you know, he 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 had a bulk of the offense and, and responsibility defensively. We know how hard he plays on the defensive side. So now it's times where you can really you can you can once again balance it out, and then you can you can preserve yourself, you can save yourself when those moments are needed. Now in the games and during the rest of the season, you may have some big games in there down the stretch. You know, playoff time that we need a fresh Freddie. Mm-hmm. We need somebody like that. So a lot of those things could be taken into consideration. And like I said, I'm not sure how they communicated that with Fred, but, you know, I think the team is a is a better team than it was last year, and sometimes roles do have to change.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. And I think everyone can agree that Scotty should take on more of those extra touches that sort of left behind there, those opportunities to sort of initiate the offense. Um, and I think at times he has, right? Um, but it also feels like, to me, it seems like a lot of the extra shots are also going to Gary and OG. They're getting a lot more opportunities to also – not even necessarily initiate or even create because they've scored a lot in the, you know, last year OG at times was over 20 a game and Gary at that six game stretch where he's scoring 30 plus. But do you feel like those are the guys that should also pick up some more of those extra shots or do you feel like it should more, mostly funnel towards Scottie?
2: Um, I, I just see as, as far as shot, I just see not, not really Scotty more shots, just more opportunities to make plays right have the ball in his hands and then the other guys can get those can get those opportunities as well you know gary trent he's a, he's a guy that can go seek his own shot and, and og as well so when you do have those players that you can give the ball and put the ball in their hands that can make plays that that's a benefit so you know far as scotty it's not necessarily just being a scorer it's just being more of a person that can play make for others and himself and at his height and at his at his his overall skill set. Once again, I think it all just makes the team that much better. And then you can't forget about, you know, Pascal's playing lights out. Yeah, You know, he's yeah. a thing and he's, he's being efficient. He's has He has these opportunities on one-on-one situations as well. So when you have that dominant player that's taking, that's taking that role, everyone else is going to have to take a back seat. You're going to have to watch a little bit more, right? You're going to mm-hmm. have to watch and let him go go to work. And then it's going to be up to – to uh, Pascal to make sure he keeps everyone involved because the ball is in his hand most of the time. So, once again, everybody, when, you, when your team is better and when you make that leap, whether you acquire someone or players just get better in the offseason, you have to be ready to make a sacrifice. And yeah. I think all the best teams, they, make, they have players that make sacrifices. And when the Raptors won the championship, guys made sacrifices. And I think one of the guys that made one of the biggest sacrifices was Serge Ibaka, you know, even going to the bench when Marcus Saul came. So, you know, that that's what happens. Kyle Lowry made a huge sacrifice of being a guy that the ball was in his hands, he and DeMar, to being a third option pretty much. Or just with the rest of the guys when you had Pascal coming in and coming, coming into his own, and then you had Kawhi Leonard. So Kyle wasn't used to that role. And then you had, like, when Kawhi would be out every other game or no back-to-backs. Kyle's expected to score more, so he had to find that balance. But once again, the overall theme is sacrificing for your team to be the best version of themselves or itself.
0: Yeah, no, it's good, and it it says a lot about the Raptors and their character and their commitment to winning sort of across the board when the leaders are doing that. Um, Yeah, I actually just wanted to touch on Pascal too because, uh, I mean, you've seen him up close now quite a bit. We saw him finish the season strong last year. Do you see this as a continuation of what he did at the end of last season? Or you see him as taking another step, having this last offseason where he's clearly worked really hard on this game. Have you seen anything new from a player's perspective of what Pascal's been doing this year as compared to last year?
2: Um, You know, I saw a lot of it last year. Like okay. like you mentioned, down the stretch, you know, he was playing some consistent basketball. And the thing about that was um, his assisting and getting people involved. Mm. This year, I think he's doing it a little bit more. A little better and i think once again he he made that push right you could tell over in the off season he put a lot of work in like he put a lot of work in He yeah. he's very consistent he's confident he's stronger like I, I just remember watching him play early on he had ability he had the moves but he wasn't as strong right he wasn't like he would be on the ground a lot he would fall a lot he would He's, he's a grown man out there. He's posting people up. He's taking his time. He's being physical on the offensive end. And now, like I just always talk about, when you start looking at players and, and ranking them as the best in the league and the best of all time, and, you know, they take that step, it always, to me, goes on that defensive end. When when you look at the players that really took their games to the next level, whether it was Jordan or Kobe or LeBron, and, and I even look at Steph Curry now. Yep. Like Last yeah, he year, he was not a liability on defense, mm-hmm. and I think we all know Pascal can play great defense. Now it's about setting that tone night in and night out, taking that challenge, and looking to guard the, the most top, the top players, whether it's whatever position it is. But he's doing a hell of a job, man. And 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 you hear more and more how much work he's put in in the offseason. People are, are vouching for him. People are witnessing it, and people are speaking up. And I talked I talked to Rico Hines yesterday, assistant coach, and he was just saying how much work Pascal's been putting in. He said, it's not just this year. It's been over the past seven or eight years. And it's not it doesn't matter who's in the gym. It doesn't matter the names or whatever. He's playing against everybody, and he's working on his game. And you can tell he set the tone, and that's what you need from your best player.
0: Yeah, that's that's wonderful here. And, and honestly, when you think back on like players who have improved the most from when they enter the league to where they are now, the skill elements to his game, obviously he always had the physique to be a successful NBA player, but all the skill work that he's put in to get to the point where he is today. I mean, yeah, Pascal's playing fantastic. All right, Alvin, we appreciate your insight. We appreciate your time. Uh, and uh, yeah, enjoy uh, enjoy Miami, and we'll see you on the broadcast.
2: Thank you, brother. Have a good one, guys. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Uh, there
0: you go. Alvin Williams, Sports sportsnet teammate, but also uh, Raptors point guard. <laughs> this guy said, who is your Caleb? Who is your
1: Caleb Martin? Oh, come on. That wasn't a, was a good question. Derek Brandejo, add that to the add that to the no. Delano Banton. What was your favorite part of your championship hall of fame? No, th- My you know, boy John, you know, Degenerate John messaged me. He's like, Alvin <laughs> doesn't seem into it. I'm like, yeah, because he asked about who your Caleb Martin was. No, shout out to Alvin, man. Honestly, shout I always Elvin, appreciate yeah. His insight and I got to play my Fred Van Fleet role too, just stand in the corner. Mm. It's great. Oh, you're a playmaker. Waiting, <laughs> waiting for the catch and shoot. There was no kick out. <laughs> yeah. No, it's um honestly the the all the role definition stuff is really interesting. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I'm not sure it's something that's gonna sort itself out like in the short term.
0: Yeah.
1: I agree. Right. I agree. But and, uh that's but I mean, I don't know though. But
0: you talked about continuity. Like that's that's when continuity is supposed to be there.
1: But that's the problem though, when you have a lot of players that haven't like Gotten to a particular level, you know what I mean? Like, there's like yeah. Scotty, you're not sure what level he's getting to, even like this year. Yeah. I feel like Scotty's the biggest wild card, to be honest. Yeah, because a lot of discussions coming into the year, I think people were, you know, optimistic enough to say, Oh, by the end of the year, will this be like Scotty's team? Yeah, yeah. Come on. it's <laughs> Pascal's team. We've got to put that one in storage as well. Cause, yeah, uh, no, it's Pascal's Pascal. Team. On fire. But that's why i'm in a decent mood i feel like yeah usually, no, i'm not stressed i feel like I usually coming off two annoying should, losses yeah it's kind of tough in here you know with you just you know <laughs> sucking the All energy right. out of the sportsnet building no, but that's not, not me no you you're in a relatively good mood for for you know someone on a two-game uh, losing streak because i know you wear every loss on no your i mean
0: look i i always anticipated these sort of like uh mini series to just
1: be split between yeah. good
0: teams, at least. Well, this smart. is
1: my theory coming into the season that the Raps aren't going to get swept in any of these.
0: Okay, well, it's on the line Nick tonight. Dress, but
1: I'm <laughs> it's on the line tonight. I kind of want to push that back now, now that I realize the Raptors aren't that serious on defense. All right, well, don't be I more serious. It was t- I just thought they were like, you know, mm. a more disciplined team. Yeah, well. that's That's been my biggest disappointment so far this season. It's okay,
0: they're getting Chris Boucher back. The most disciplined defender on yes. the team. And now... It's time for Between the Lines, brought <laughs> to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new
1: game. Alex, what's today's line? Yeah, today's line, the Raptors are uh, plus three and a half underdog in in Miami. Similar line to okay. uh, Friday. Once again, shout out to my friend John. Um, I like, I mean, I hate to sound like a broken record, but I like the Raptors tonight. I like the Raptors too. No, I, I'm always going to say I like the no, Raptors. No, listen, man. I think for all the reasons where, you know, I okay. said... You know, we shouldn't give them the benefit of the doubt just because their flight didn't land until four in the morning. Like, I mean, it's a major factor, man. It's hard enough playing Miami, right? Like, I think, I think when you go from playing a team like Brooklyn, sure, Brooklyn's really talented, but they're not a physical team, right? Like, that's a finesse game.
0: They well, they played part. a lot. They played a lot of physicality in that game that I wasn't sure. expecting, but, but, but that's not, not a usual thing for
1: it's them. It's not yeah. forty-eight minutes against Miami, where for some reason the Raptors are just losing bodies all the time. Or Kayla Martin is just you know picking fights with people.
0: Over me. So I
1: think so I think there is there is an adjustment when you play Miami yeah. and the, and these games are always tough and hopefully they got their seventy one points allowed out of their system on Saturday mm. and you would expect just a tighter matchup tonight.
0: Oh yeah, no, I'm expecting a ninety to eighty nine grudge match. Oh yeah, yeah. that seems yeah, high. T- take yeah. the under on the, seems... on the on the total <laughs> for this nice game. Take the under. Um, no, but seriously though, I I think that um, the only thing that's Concerning to me is the adjustments that both coaches might make. You yeah. just don't know because they're both very creative, very mm-hmm. like two of the best tacticians in the league, Eric Spoelstra and Nick Nurse. Right. So yeah. defensively, I could see some changes happening. I think for the Raptors, more than anything else, the biggest change get back on defense. That's Once they fix their transition defense by playing some transition defense, Miami's half court offense didn't look that good. You know, and they're I think that to the they, basket at will. It's just layups, man. Yeah, but then they stopped tilting more towards Jimmy Butler in the second half. And it's just like, I don't know. I, I just think that, um, you know, with Miami, my, the biggest threat to me is their three-point shooters. They're running around all the time. Yeah, They get an offensive rebound. Their shooters are open. They get in transition. Their shooters are open. Miami's annoying, cu- just like the curling, Raptors are annoying. Handoffs. They're
1: so annoying. Yeah, just make sure you communicate
0: all of those. But I I do think that the Raptors will win tonight. Like, I mean, you're giving me three and a half points, too. So it's, it's great. All
1: right. Are you going to so- bet on them tonight? Uh, we'll see about that. I have to consult my oh, consigliere, John. No, you got to make
0: another three-way
1: parlay <laughs> with the Utah Jazz. Shouts to John, congrats on our three-way NFL parlay yesterday. That's why you always wow. believe in the Bengals. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, more important news. You know, Drake is giving away free chicken at Dave's Hot Chicken today. Oh, oh by the way, that was if Between the Lines brought to you by Bet Rivers the whole new game. All right, go ahead. Has, oh, that's right. You Drake messed and chicken. up. Yep. Yeah, Drake is uh, giving away chicken. And, and did you know there was another Nick Nurse British Basketball League story? from uh, adam of the daily hive all right so um he was asked about steve nash on friday and nick nurse said that he met steve nash in 98 when he was coaching the manchester giants in the british basketball league and steve's brother martin was playing for stockport county yeah then in the second tier okay
0: to be clear that 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 is a a soccer team really i think it isn't his brother not play soccer
1: yeah i guess i don't know by the way this story is in his book Oh, it's in the book that you uh, rapture re- reread rapture to prep for your interview with Nick Nurse. Last that's week. right.
0: I, I I reread it for a 15 minute interview in which I half the questions are hey, This I is the dedication,
1: man. Yeah. Well,
0: Anyways, well, we got to interview Nick again.
1: Raps got the W, so we'll recap the Raptors win tomorrow. Yeah. Vivek Jacob will join us in studio. I'll be here in the second segment. Oh, okay, <laughs> you <laughs> you that's good. Shocked. No, that's good. That's I just want to see good. what it's like to come in the studio twice in a row.
0: Okay, well, that's that'll be a first. But uh, that for now, that does it for us. Today, I'm your host, Will Lou. You've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find The Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review our show. A reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360 Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Thanks again to Alvin Williams. Catch him on the broadcast tonight. Sportsnet, of course. Producer and co-host, Alex Wong. Our board producer, Derek Brandale and Jennifer Rolnick helping us with a YouTube stream. We will talk to you tomorrow.